everyone. I'm Katie Knight and welcome back to Can You Put Me On Guest List, the podcast in which I interview different people from the dance music industry to find out a little bit more about their career so far, how they got to where they are today and stories they've made along the way. Before we jump into this week's chat, I would like to talk a little bit about Mixed Tank TV. For those of you that don't know Mixed Tank TV, it is a music production slash educational platform that offers some incredibly interesting and insightful production courses hosted by some very talented producers such as Huxley, Shosh, Jackie, Joseph Edmund, Eddie Craig and many more. So if you're a producer or wanting to get into production then you should definitely go and check them out. On Mixed Tank TV, I also host a webinar series called Talk Tank in which I chat with some really interesting guests in music. Our first webinar was with Eric Juicy, who works in music partnerships at Facebook. The next Talk Tank was with Ali Dulani from Bandcamp. And our third live webinar is coming up very soon with an amazing guest from let's say, a huge company. So I'll let you know about that as soon as I can. All of these webinars are totally free. They are so, so interesting. I learned so much about the best ways and the tools to use at Bandcamp and Facebook for artists and for labels and how the platforms can fit into a wider strategy. So to watch back or for more info, you can head over to mixtank.tv. And I hope you can join me for the next live webinars, which also include a live Q&A at the end for any questions that you may have. Also on Mixtank, tank you can also find the video versions of my podcast so if you would like to watch any instead of listening then you can just head on over again that is mixtank.tv this week on can you put me on guest list i am joined by dj and radio one producer jay forster i was so excited to talk to jay because anything that is about radio just Totally fascinates me. Jay produces Danny Howard's show, Radio One's Dance Presents, The Wines Down Presents, and a lot more. And obviously, he has just had so much experience and has so many great stories to tell. So it was really great to spend an hour chatting with him. We talk all about how he got to where he is today, some of his favorite shows he's produced, some of the shows that probably didn't go to plan, his own radio show, How Central, producing shows from home during lockdown, and much more. I loved recording this episode, and I hope that you guys enjoy it too. This is Jay Forster on Can You Put Me on Guest List. Jay, hello, how are you? I am good, thank you. It's, uh, thanks very much for inviting me along. It's uh, it's good to be here. Oh, it's good to see you. The last time I saw you was when we did the mix tank. Um, uh, sem- uh, what was it? The mix tank event thing online, wasn't it? Ah, uh, no, yes, it wasn't yeah. Mix tank. It was. It was, um, it was tool rooms thing, wasn't it? Um, the academy they did the online. <laughs> You've got great memories. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, virtual. It was a virtual something academy. Um, yeah. Yes. All about radio and podcasting. That's what it was. <laughs> that was it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it was good though, but it was almost a year ago, and yeah, you know, this year seems like it's been about five years, doesn't it? So it does. I know. I think we can be forgiven for forgetting what it was. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I think so. I agree. I agree. How's everything with you? How's like the last few months been for you? Yeah, it's been a bit of a bit of a crazy sort of winter. Um, I mean. I, I hate it when it's cold anyway. I, I'd rather be out where you are in Ibiza where there's a bit of sun and a bit more daylight, if I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> there is no sun here at the moment. Like, literally, for the last two weeks, it's been so, so grey. Oh, well, like... that's making me feel a little bit better. I know, um, I would. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's it's, uh, it's been it's been all good. Like, work's um, pretty flat out, and I feel kind of, like, conscious of my audience here in the way that, you know... It, dance music for so many people has been dry for you know a year now with so little going on and people fighting for their jobs and I'm kind of here going oh god I've been so busy um and yeah in many ways I've been very lucky to sort of have a stable job at um at the BBC and um uh, and be busy so yeah shouldn't complain really so I'd like to start off just by talking a little bit about how you got into the music industry what were your first steps and how did you start out 
It's, I mean, it's not a simple answer that. Um, I never really set out with any intentions to get into the music industry. And I, I guess kind of I, I fell into the radio industry first, which is obviously part of the music industry uh, from there. But I'd, as a teenager, I'd sort of in, like started getting into electronic music when I was probably about 14. And um, I, I guess kind of, it must have been 1998 as a as a 14 year old getting dropped off on South Sea Common at the Radio One Roadshow by my mum and I then kind of like I stepped out of the car and I had this vivid memory of kind of listening to the radio as we pulled up and Stardust Music Sounds Better With You was playing oh. at the time and then opening the door and going oh there's like a seven second delay and being fascinated by kind of like how there was this kind of like delay and I don't know and and from there kind of that kind of really started my sort of um, love of like radio and broadcasting and all sort of tied in with dance music as well. And from there I started DJing sort of, I mean, it was literally like in my bedroom with, you know, CDs and borrowed decks from a mate. And then through sort of six form parties got known as like the DJ um, and did stupid things like on the last day of sixth form, setting up decks and like the car park and like playing to the <laughs> like, to the playground, like you know, just <laughs> mad stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, we we're, were very lucky that we didn't get booted out of sixth form for that. To be fair, <laughs> um, and and from there, yeah, when I went to university, started getting involved with um, student radio and started presenting um, a weekly show there, playing just all sorts of dance music, and. From there, went into um, community radio as well. And a long story short, luckily, somehow managed to get a contact at Radio One and uh-huh. got a job off the back of it. <laughs> wow, that was so, easy. Um, yeah, it, it sort of, it, it did happen just in a, in a, there was a lot of luck, um, I yeah. think, um, shall I say, um, involved with it. And, it. and it all, you know, the, the job at Radio One, I mean, people are always sort of wanting to know how how do you get into Radio 1 and and how can you kind of get a job there and I guess kind of at the time I was very lucky that um, I was in contact with somebody there I'd helped them out when they'd um, done an outside broadcast in Portsmouth with um, Annie Nightingale back in 2006 so I'd helped them sort of show show one of the producers around the city and and sort of sorted out a few sort of interviews and stuff like that and from there, was able to keep in contact and, and get work experience off the back of that. Amazing. Now, however, there is a, a far more robust system in place. So yeah. it's not just a who you know situation. So, yeah, um, there's like a, a lot more kind of like work experience placements going in non-COVID times, of course. I mean, I guess sometimes it's luck, but also you have to be really good at what you do. They're not just going to like take anyone on. So you obviously must have been really good at what you were doing. And I guess they could see the passion. <laughs> they must have seen the passion. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I read somewhere as well that you presented and produced the first international outside broadcast from Mambo to Express FM. How did that come about and how did that go? Yeah, so I think I had uh, just, I was either in my last year of uni or I just finished uni and I was doing this weekly show on Express FM, which was one of the first um FM stations to have a community license when they came out in the early 2000s and um, I'd always been a massive fan of listening to the radio on weekend from Mambo and and started looking online like I wonder whether I can like do the show from there and went about I found sponsorship from uh, Drift Bar, as it was in, in South Sea at the time, big up Drift Bar. And they sponsored the show for a couple of months, which put enough sort of capital into being able to rent the studio and get the lines. And yeah, we think it was the first ever international outside broadcast on a community license back to, back to the UK. Moment. So oh, yeah, it was, it, yeah, it was, it was amazing because I mean, that studio obviously has had so many legends in it. And, you know, for me, just out of uni, doing my own show and being able to actually just, yeah, experience that, bring in guests as well. Um, you know, there were quite a lot of DJs from the Portsmouth area that were out on the island at the same time. So we were able to bring them into the studio. Big up Tom Brown, who kind of runs all of the BBC OBs for kind of letting me use the studio because, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it was incredible, that was. Um, and then, 
in, in a really strange quirk of fate, managed to interview Pete Tong. And then the following week, <sighs> I then got a call to help out on Pete Tong's show at Radio One because I just started freelancing at that point there as well. And so there was this wow. kind of like really kind of like weird moment in the studio uh, at Radio One where like his producer was like, oh, Jay, this is, this is Pete, and introduced me. And I was kind of like, oh, we, um, we met last week at Mambo, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did he remember? Yeah, yeah. Was, we, we, we had an interview and stuff like that. So, yeah, there was this sort of like awkward head nod <laughs> kind of thing. Right, Pete, <laughs> you know Pete so. Tong is one of those people I think I'd be really nervous about interviewing. Mm, yeah, I, I, I was so nervous the first time I interviewed <laughs> Pete but I think it's one of those things you know the thing that I always think when whenever I kind of interview people it's just another human being at the end of the day like there's you know yes some amazingly talented people that you're going to kind of meet in your career that you're always going to look up to but at the end of the day if you can speak to them on the real as a one-to-one yeah then you know it's all good isn't it and and that's how you get the best out of people isn't it <laughs> I always think that like whenever I am a bit nervous I always that's the exact thing that always goes goes through my head as well like they're just a human person like you are like yeah <laughs> they could they might even be nervous as well like you're never gonna know right exactly yeah so um for people that don't know what does your job at Radio 1 consist of like what is it what's your day-to-day like oh man <laughs> so, um, yeah, uh, as I was just saying before we started the interview, I'm spinning many plates at the moment. So at Radio 1, I'm a full-time producer and have been for the last five years. Mm-hmm. And I look after Danny Howard's Friday night show. I look yeah. after the drum and bass show with Rene Levice. I also mm-hmm. look after a show called Radio 1's Dance Presents, which is a brand partnership show that goes out after the Essential Mix. Um, another show called The Wind Down Presents, which is all about chill out music which again is another brand partnership show with labels and on top of that we have kind of two other mix shows which is danny's club mix and the drum and bass mix which i look after so effectively although there's four main shows it's it's six shows a week um and my job is all it's like so multifaceted it's like there is everything from like one-to-one talent management when I'm kind of like looking after Danny's show and the drum and bass show with Rene. There is kind of a huge amount of forward planning that goes into it. I mean, with with all of those shows, I have two assistant producers that work alongside me. So I'm having to kind of manage their workload and kind of do a lot of planning at the moment, just sort of trying to navigate the hellhole that is Easter that's coming up where like, believe it or not, two bank holidays causes an absolute chaos in scheduling um so (laughs) yeah um so there's a lot of that there's you know there's there's the musical side you know making sure that you know our guest bookings are kind of on point looking after all of those sort of stuff and then with the brand partnership shows it's it's speaking to those big labels those brands those events companies that we work with on all the different shows and just bringing them on board and to start with and then also explaining the process of like what's expected and how we go about making a radio show and with radio one dance presents especially it's you're we're dealing with a different brand every month there and we've this year we've had dj mag we've had armada music we've got junction two um for march and then we're going on to hospital records so these are different brands with different specialities that sometimes need a little bit of hand holding um just to make sure that we can get everything out of them that we need to make a great show so it's it's a when people ask what does a producer do it's it's a really difficult sort of thing to answer because you know it's a lot more than just the oh well I do the editing and I kind of book the guests it's a lot more it's yeah you're spinning many plates as I say (laughs) yeah absolutely it's crazy when you think about like how much work actually goes into a radio show behind it, like the hours and hours of work behind it. Even if it's just a short show, there's so much to it, isn't there? Even just programming the music, like that that time you've got to dedicate to, you know, going through the promos and um, doing the programming. Yeah, it, it, it takes a lot of time. And I think people underestimate it. And when they all of a sudden realise that, yeah, actually doing a weekly show is a lot. Um, yeah. And 
Yeah, when you're doing several, trying to look after several, it's a bit of a killer. God, I know. Like, yeah. even with this podcast, I do the, obviously, it's, I, well, I try and get it out once a week, but sometimes, mm. like, every two weeks, because it just takes me... So, I mean, obviously, I'm not a producer, and I've had to learn how to, like, edit the podcast and everything, but just even, like, the research that goes into it, and then the time listening back to it, and then doing the artwork, and all of this stuff for, like a 45 minute or 60 minute show there's just so much work that goes behind it it totally does people shouldn't underestimate it because yeah. yeah it's you know the amount of people I've seen that kind of try and sort of take it on and go yeah it can't be that difficult you just put a mix together every week and I mean yeah you can but if you want to do it well um, yeah, then yeah absolutely. absolutely the hours hours start building up yeah and then on top of that you also have uh your own show House Central yeah, so House Central sort of originated from the show that I was doing on Express FM, the community station back in the mm-hmm. day. I, I was, I was doing that for, I can't remember how many years, a couple of years, two or three years maybe, and um, then started uh, getting approached by a syndication company. They were really interested in um, taking it and putting it out on different stations, um, and so then it would have been about ten, eleven years ago that. I was like, okay, I'm going to move away from just doing this one show a week on community um, radio and actually look down the syndication options. Um, that syndication company then sort of folded and I kind of looked after, then started looking after the syndication with me and a mate of mine and he he puts his show out, um, Bass and Breaks as well. So we kind of packaged the two shows together as, a, um, as two hours worth of kind of content. But yeah, that has been a weekly show <laughs> last year <laughs> thing when things really started getting super busy at work last year and um it's when you're working with music all day the and especially i think you know with covid where we're working at home um yeah. at the moment i i you know i go into the to the um studios at broadcasting house only once a week so i'm i'm in my studio here um at home for four days a week the energy that you then want to put into going, okay, I want to make my own show now and spend more hours in here. It, it take it, it sort of wanes a little bit. Um, so Amazing. yeah, I've, um, I've dropped that, sh- um, the house central show down to once, uh, sorry, twice a month now. So that's still kind of bubbling along in the background and goes out in some amazing places still, which is really Where great. Where does it go out so. to? Uh, it's the guys over in Ireland at RTE Pulse, so they take the show, um, so it goes out nationally there. A whole host of stations, sort of from your kind of internet stations through to kind of local and regional stations around the world as well. I, honestly, I can't remember everywhere that it goes out, <laughs> but it's got quite a few. Um, but yeah, it's it, it's really great that the show's sort of still bubbling along and then it goes out as a podcast um, and on Mixcloud as well. Have you? Is am I right in saying that you've done like over a thousand shows? Right now, I posted <laughs> only the, only the other week, and uh, I labelled the shows. The first <laughs> the first year started with zero, then the second year started with one. So we're now into the eleventh year of doing the show. So episode. 1001 isn't the 1001st show it's right okay it's the it's the 11th year that I've been putting that's the show still together. a really long time though yeah it's been going a while <laughs> yeah how do you think it's like changed since you started it I guess I've got a bit better at presenting <laughs> the um yeah it's it, I mean back when I started it, it was, you know, we, we, it was very formulaic. Um, there was a lot of features in it. And now it's a lot more of a case of it being a mix show. And it's in, instead of it being the music that I felt I should be playing, it's the music I want to play now. So it's, and I think, sorry, this is a massive clang of a name drop, but there was something that Scott Mills said in a kind of a, a a session I went to probably 10 or 15 years ago when I was sort of starting off in radio and he was talking about how he found himself as a presenter and how long it took for him to kind of really find himself as a presenter and know what kind of like he stood for and I, I guess sort of like as you yeah the more you present the more you kind of find find yourself and you kind of go actually 
is am I trying to fit into a mold here or am I doing this really because I want to and this is what I want to be doing and I guess kind of like yeah that would probably be the main difference that how central has seen over the kind of the last few years it's just been me finding the music I like and kind yeah. of having that as a like an outlet for me to kind of represent that yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'd love to meet Scott Mills. Is he? <laughs> you know what? It, it's, it's to listen. Yeah, it's we're we're so so blessed with like the presenters that we've got at Radio One. There was you know a, an era, I guess, kind of like on the early years I was there in the sort of um, you know in the early two thousands, where there were quite a lot of big egos floating around the station still, mm-hmm. and a lot of those have left now, and people. Are just a genuine you know they know yeah. they're there for you know because they're you know at the top of their game and the although there is a level of you know everyone appreciates each other like the the egos are have been massively reduced and yeah I mean Scott's lovely all of they're all lovely <laughs> I wouldn't have yeah. a bad word said against them all. Uh, I can imagine <laughs> yeah. have, have, do you have do you ever get starstruck by anybody that's come in well for me You're just used like, to it now for, for me Pete Tong was always the person I yeah. looked up to and I think that interview from 2007 it would have been at, at Mambo that I did with Pete that really was the kind of like that that crack that nut of like massively starstruck but then managed to speak to him managed to have a really good interview and i it's it's not so often i get kind of starstruck now i think the last time i got starstruck was <laughs> sitting in sitting in a car park backstage at Glastonbury about about six years ago, seeing Andy Cato go, Oh my god, it's Andy Cato. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, had a complete wobble. Yeah. Like it was completely unnecessary as well. And he must have been like, What the fuck's this guy doing? Like <laughs> Andy heard you. Andy heard you. Yeah, yeah. I, I spoke to him, I was like, Oh my god, Andy, I can't believe it's you. Like, <laughs> and he's like, I'm like, I don't usually get starstruck, but I just having a complete meltdown now. <laughs> that's uh, so funny. Yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> you said before that you've, you're at home producing Radio 1 shows um, throughout the week. So mm. how, how has that been? Had you produced shows remotely before COVID hit or had you always just gone into the studio? Well, we always um, produced shows from uh, the studio or on the systems at work. So, yeah, when we... <laughs> when we we we, we tried we did a trial day of working from home when we realized that how serious covid was going to be and that yeah. trial day ended up being the start of our working from home we never returned oh, um gosh. so yeah i mean it's it's been about a year now hasn't it that that we've been working for home and it's yeah <laughs> what a year um and um yeah it we to start with i my boss will you know she she always says you know those first few weeks she genuinely doesn't know how we stayed on air we were I mean I I, I'm lucky that I've got a studio here at home so I've had Ableton on on computers already installed and stuff like that and quite a few of the other specialist producers um are the same so there was quite I mean it was almost sort of beg borrow and steal to try and make sure that we could just pull together the shows and we're also lucky that you know the presenters that I work with you know both Danny and Renny they've got microphones at home so they were able to record links and you know pull pull shows together that way so yeah it, it we were we were lucky that we were able to make it happen but equally there is you still can't underestimate the power of an iPhone and just being able to record voice notes into it, send it, and then stick a bit of processing on, and you'd be surprised wow. how good you can make that sound. Um, so yeah, when we when we started off, it was a it was a little bit by the wire, but we've been running Danny's Friday Night Show live all the way through COVID from and the studio, from the studios at New Broadcasting House, and mm-hmm. they have a very tight um, COVID measures in place there, um, making yeah. sure that, you know, one-way systems and, like, there's regular testing, there are temperature checks on the way in and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah they're, they're very sort of COVID secure there and making sure that only the essential broadcast teams are in. So it's it's been a bit weird. I mean, especially when we 
those early days of, of COVID when, you know, 11 o'clock on a Friday night when the show was back then, it was literally only me and Danny in the whole of the eighth floor kind of looking around going, this is a bit weird, isn't it? I was um, going to sort of, that was so weird. <laughs> just trying to keep the nation sane. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, now we've kind of been able to increase sort of the numbers on the eighth floor a little bit while still keeping nice and COVID safe. So That's amazing. It's yeah, but they've done an amazing job, all of the all of the bosses there and, and the operations team. Do you think after COVID you will carry on working from home a lot, or do you reckon you'll just go back straight into the studio again? Well, I think everybody does miss the social side of it, and yeah. you know, it 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 could at times be a little bit like a sixth form common room, the office at Radio <laughs> One. But it it's yeah, I, I think that there will be definitely a legacy of working from home I mean for me I'd love to be able to do it at least twice a week um two days a week at home and then three days in the office that would be the idea it's weird disco sorry come here <laughs> he's been chewing my hand the whole time we've been talking oh <laughs> literally so the whole time um it's weird like I reckon before covid we would never have thought that you know, it, we, we could we could all do what we norm. I mean, obviously that a lot of things have had to change, but how we have all adapted to working from home and like yeah. even working with other people. I would never have thought a year ago that I would have been able to do the things that I've done this year work-wise from home, mm. you mm. know? So, I mean, it's obviously, as you said, I think the downside of it is definitely the social part and not being able to see people and... Mm. and that but then it also does go to show that we like if we put our minds to it then we can and we've got the we've got the yeah. technology to I think I think we're very lucky that you know we've you know technology is where it is at the moment I think you know if it had, if this pandemic had hit maybe like 15 years ago then I think it would have been very very different uh, I mean so different yeah the would the connection would have you know people really would have been kind of resorting to having to like a voice phone call only and at least we can kind of see each other on you know on zoom we've been playing snake all day (laughs) 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 yeah absolutely also during lockdown i feel like you've been pretty busy during lockdown you Mm. have been doing a lot of live streams as well You've built a couple of bars on your balcony, which is a <laughs> genius idea. What a great idea. Yeah. You did your vinyl challenge. I feel mm. like you've done a lot. Well, I've been trying to keep busy, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, I mean, for, for me, like, you know, as I've hinted to, like, DJing and, you know, doing my own radio show is is kind of a bit like... Is, is, is I guess <laughs> it's weird to say it's more like the the hobby side of of, of my life and mm-hmm. and being able and that, that's kind of like my kind of release as it were to be able to go and go and actually do stuff that you know I I enjoy all of what I do with work but being able to go well that's that's work at the BBC that's put to bed I can now go off and do my own thing and yeah. you know like any DJ will tell you like. <clears throat> DJing in front of a crowd there is nothing like it and once you've got that bug it's very difficult to let go so yeah for me like just doing the live streams has has been been good fun I think it's been um it's been challenging I think the way that Facebook have changed their algorithms in the last year has absolutely slammed a lot of people um you know the the amount of people that you would organically pick up if you started doing a, a live stream on Facebook in kind of February 2020 uh, in comparison to February 2021 is reduced by you know about I don't know, like about 90% Stop. like it's it's ridiculous you know I it's I re- I've really struggled with how that's gone and so I've started looking at different platforms and trying to build a, a, a little um Twitch channel, which has been interesting. <laughs> Just about to ask you, how have you been finding Twitch? Because I saw that you've been streaming over there. How yeah, it's it's it's. I guess it's it's reminded me, if anything, how difficult it is to build a following on a platform that you don't have followers on. It's 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 like really challenging and. It's almost, if I'm honest, to the point of like, I'm wondering if it's worthwhile continuing. I'm, I'm going to kind of stick at it for, you know, another month, I think, because I'm, I think kind of Twitch is a really stable platform and like the chat features on it and stuff are good. But, you know, it is a, it is a platform that's 
primarily designed for gamers and the fact that we can get away with streaming music on it at the moment is probably a bit of a hack to be fair what would be nice if this Facebook could just sort of pay the royalties properly and we could do it back on there because yeah that was that was nice but yes Twitch has been going I've been trying to do a little bit of stuff on YouTube as well but it's yeah it's it's a bit bit low-key at the moment and and you know just just making the most of it really the vinyl the vinyl sessions that we've been doing have been a lot of fun so every um every sunday at six i do a, a vinyl stream and that again has been one of those weird little lockdown hobbies where i've always had a vinyl collection but it has grown a lot over the last 12 <laughs> months <laughs> I keep, like discogs has been hammered and I'm, like, uh. like a lot of people who've kind of had full-time jobs during sort of lockdown have been kind of going oh well yeah I've been able to save loads of money and I'm just going it's all gone it's all gone on vinyl it's all gone like it's just kind of going oh yeah that's that's an exclusive one we'll have that yeah so yeah so that's been good fun and then the vinyl challenge that you mentioned um yeah me and and my mate Mike we when when we're not locked down when we can actually get out to the to the shops we've, we've done a few of those and it's it's good when we take 50 quid and we um go and sort of spend the day rum, rummaging around basements of kind of vinyl shops and see what we can find and then put a stream together in the evening of of all the tracks that we've um, it's found such a good idea <laughs> i loved that idea i thought it was really cool oh really thanks cool. yeah it's one of those ideas i think it probably work better if it, we we got someone with a few more followers on <laughs> no, it's but really yeah I bet you found uh, some good fun. gems. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. Found some really good ones. I think like the plan is we once we get out of this current lockdown, we'll we'll do that again. But we're gonna add a little bit of a charity um, side to it, so we'll auction yeah. all of the tracks off afterwards or something like that. So, but do you know yeah. what? Every time I see like a picture or a live stream that you're doing on on a Sunday, I always think like there's such a great vibe at your house right now. Like I just want to be there. <laughs> yeah, the drinks well, out, like where you're all set up looks wicked. Oh uh, yeah. Well, I've got to shout out Claire, my girlfriend. She she's always up for um, like having a few drinks on a Sunday and having a bit of a party as well. I know so, I don't even yeah. know Claire, but I always think I really want to meet Claire. <laughs> so nice. She's very, very, very tolerant of uh, me playing music. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is there anything else that you're really looking forward to in 2021 apart from like the obvious that? Oh I yeah, I mean so just up. just yeah getting out of the country <laughs> getting back to Ibiza I mean I've been going to Ibiza at least once a year since I was 18 so that is uh, about 18 years and like it's been weird for for me not to go to Ibiza for a year I, I, I feel like it's that was just my keyboard collapsing um, um yeah, it's been weird for me not to go to Ibiza for a year. And I, like, I, f- I feel, you know, like it's a second home for me. Being able to get out there, you know, see all my mates, bumble around the West End or, you know, go to clubs and, and stuff yes. like that. I mean, yeah, I, mean, I when I was 18, like that, you know, Ibiza for me was, you know, a, a very much a, a typical kind of lad's holiday with the added bonus that we knew the music would be good and it's and it's obviously it's progressed so much further than that for me now and you know with friends all across the island so that's really the the thing that I'm I'm kind of like yearning for this year really just sort of being able to get out of the UK get to Ibiza see people that I haven't seen for like two years as it will be um and yeah if I can play some music in the sun (laughs) yeah because you played at Mamba as well a couple of years ago didn't you yeah, um, yeah. Luckily, managed to get a gig there back in. It would have been yeah, twenty nineteen. Yeah, so that was that was great. Yeah, big up Elodie. Um, oh, and yeah, sweet. yeah, just sort of. It's always great just trying to cram in as many gigs as possible out there, and it's you know there's there's such a mixture of like formal arrangements to sort of more casual arrangements where you can just jump on at different places so yeah it's it's always fun sort of just sort of getting out and playing all of these different sort of bars and clubs all over the island so yeah when was your first time in Ibiza what year did you come here for the first time 2003 it would have been so yeah Odd back day? in the yeah so that would have been the lad's holiday um in 2003 yeah uh, which was a very West End focused holiday, uh, as you can probably imagine. But yeah, I mean, just like being out there and, you know, visiting Mambo and Cafe Del Mar then and before all of the 
pathway had been built along the front. Yeah, like really, really great memories of kind of, you know, just experiencing things that I, you know, I'd never been to a club like Privilege, for example, then. And the my first memory of walking into Privilege in 2003 was... It was it was for manumission, and we'd been told by our holiday rep that it was an amazing night, and we had to go. And we're like, okay, had like no idea, just like yeah, we'll go for it, and walked in onto that top terrace, and David Getter was playing. He was in the DJ booth over the middle of the swimming pool, and the, he was literally playing a little more love, which was. Wow. the track of the season yeah. as we walked in and I was like this is a memory and yeah like from there just like I mean yeah what an island I know, <laughs> I know. after that there's no memories <laughs> yeah all goes hazy yeah yeah I know I can't I actually can't even remember my first time coming I'm I can't even remember what year it was. I can't remember what I did, anything. You know? <laughs> I'm just going to go with I had a really good time and that's it. You live there now though, so it's it's fine. You just, yeah. you just the, the island's taken you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, that's totally true. So I wanted to know, um, what have been your favourite ever or most memorable radio shows that you've ever produced? Ah, uh, right. So I, I was having a little think about this, like what... <laughs> What to sort of what I'm, you might be asking me? Yeah, I think when we look back, I mean, I've been at Radio One now for Radio One and One Extra, to be fair, because I've I've spent sort of time working across both stations. Um, mm-hmm. But since you know, more or less full time since um, two thousand and eight, so I've been lucky to sort of work on like a massive array of output, be it kind of daytime stuff at Radio 1 um, through to all, I mean, most of the nighttime shows, in, like on both Radio 1 and 1 Extra, actually. So, like, there's been a few bucket list ones for me, which was producing the Christmas um, chart, the Christmas Top 40 with Greg James uh, a couple of years ago. That was one of those ones you just come out and go, good, yeah, got that one oh, done, amazing. yeah. Um and then also, you know, doing things like Ibiza, being lucky enough to produce shows, um, producing some of Danny's shows at, at Mambo. The first year we we <laughs> did Danny's show at Mambo, it was, it was, I mean, I don't know why Radio 1 keep doing this, but we, we keep going on the hottest week of the year. <sighs> and uh, we had, Danny and I had, like, Danny's show, especially when it was at the 11 o'clock time, when we'd first launched it, we were like, let's let's make this show all about clubbing, representing clubbing, and, you know, very much of a UK focus then. But when we were did the show in Ibiza, we were like, right, it's the stage show is finished because we're on air at 11 o'clock UK time. We got it all set up, and the studio was, like, hot. Even with the aircon going full blast in there, it was <laughs> very warm in there. And, like, Danny literally got to... Like he was doing his last link, and then all of a sudden the broadcast test just tripped out because of the heat, and we were just like, "Oh my god!" No after the after the, the chaos of kind of like a, a show like that, where we had like loads of DJs jumping on and off the decks, and yeah, for it to finish like that, like at the time it was like no, but like in hindsight it was hilarious because <laughs> it just summed up the show brilliantly. It was just like you know mid sentence, like Danny cut out, and it was like, "Oh my uh, god." Lord. But you were like yeah. sweating already. <laughs> You're like, oh my god, somebody open the window. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a lot that it was it was yeah it was it was a lot of fun that and definitely one for the sort of for the bucket list. I think that. Um, but I guess also sort of thinking about the other kind of best shows. Like I I, I started something with when I when I launched Danny's show back in. 2017 we really wanted to do something with the live lounge that we have at broadcasting house it sort of sits conveniently between two of the of the big studios and um you know a lot of the bands come along and play there and do acoustic sets there and i really wanted to have a party there so i guess kind of like one of the one of the sort of things that i'm sort of most proud about is is launching the Rave Lounge and that was like so much fun to do and we kind of brought in like 
you know, Annie and Danny to co-host the whole night and just had, we brought an audience in and basically had, an, had a rave up at work and, and, and put it put it on the radio. <laughs> and um, and the idea took off. The, the bosses really liked it. It was really successful. And, wow. and off the back of that, we ended up doing a student tour with one year with, with Radio One and the, we we did a, a series of rave lounges on that and one of the ones I was producing there was in Brighton and the because it was linked with universities, the only venue we could get was the Walkabout, which is a chain of Australian bars for those that don't know, um, uh, very student-y. So we, had, we, we, we could put this event on in the walkabout in, in Brighton and I was like, I really want to get Fat Boy Slim to play there. And, and I, I don't know how we managed to do it, but we pulled it off and we got Fat Boy Slim to play the walkabout in Brighton. And I, I literally think it's because it was such a mental venue that he was like, yeah, why not? That sounds wow. fun. Yeah. yeah. And we were, we had like, we were broadcasting. We had like the main sort of studio the engineers had set up. Uh, there wasn't a room for us upstairs. So they'd set up a, a, a next door to the walkabout is a, is a youth hostel. So we had a room in the youth hostel, which they'd taken the beds out of and they'd, and the, the BBC engineers are just insanely talented at just being able to go, oh yeah, we'll work with that. Yeah, cool. And they built a studio into this, no ran all of these cables out the window, down the fire escape and into the walkabout. So we were able to broadcast there. Um, That's insane. Yeah. So, and being able to pull that off and just kind of go, see an idea kind of like develop from like, okay, I've got an idea. What are we going to do here? And then that kind of like develop on is like one of the most sort of exciting things I think about my job and when we went into lockdown we had like Danny was uh, Danny's show was moving to an earlier time so we kind of wanted to give it um switch up some of the features and um look at what we could do and then literally you know lockdown happened and then we had to tear up all the ideas because you know we couldn't have live guests and it was you know we were literally had one person in to produce the show and I was really sort of really buzzing to be able to kind of bring an idea called Lockdown Link up in that we got to air and it's 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 taken off quite well. Oh, <laughs> um, so yeah, with that we've um that was all about kind of getting producers to remote collaborations and again, just sort of like one of those spitball ideas of going like I literally had a Zoom meeting with with Danny and Ollie, my assistant producer. I was like, right, how about you know how like people say like producers are always like going, do you want to collab, bro? And uh, and I was like, can we do something on there? And just sort of spitballing that, and it, it turned into this. And like we've we're now into our third series of doing it. And like I mean, getting like MK and Kolsch to do a collaboration together, and like wow, like Dennis Ferrer and Disciples, and seeing that get released on Defected, and like it's it's just been awesome, sort of like seeing like all of these producers that are like 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 a big mixture as well like sort of rising stars through to like big names like just sort of bringing them together and because we're kind of twisting their arm going go on now give us an exclusive for radio one like they're they're going yeah okay yeah so we're yeah we're into series three now that and that that's just been awesome to sort of see the success of that and and how what a fun idea yeah it's, it's worked out well. <laughs> You've got some good ideas, UJ, haven't you? Uh, There's one or two, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they're brilliant stories. I love that just from you wanted to have a party and then all of a sudden <laughs> like a whole a whole tour. Absolutely brilliant. I would love to know any shows that like didn't go as as they as they were planned. The thing is, it's like I mean, a lot of the things I've sort of mentioned are are a little bit showbiz and kind of like you know somewhat somewhat glamorous I mean you know I'm very lucky to be able to be flown out to Ibiza to be able to run a show for example and there's also kind of like the day-to-day stuff and like it's there's a huge amount of planning with with my job and like I've we we started running co-hosts on Danny's show and there was one um I think it was the tail end of 2020 no um, 2019 yeah and I'd been trying to get a defected co-host um, for ages. And it was 
probably almost two years in the, in the making of kind of conversations, trying to work out the best dates. We needed to make sure it was the right year to coincide with Defected's 20-year anniversary. And then, you know, coordinating like Simon Dunmore's diary and Sam Devine's diary so that everyone could be in the same place at the same time. And we finally had this great show lined up and we were about to go on air and then there was a technical problem and we couldn't get the bloody show on air. And... The, and so as <laughs> this is a thing like you have these amazing moments with with kind of being a producer but then you also have these absolutely heart crushing moments where you're kind of like running around like like an absolute nutcase panicking going i can't get the fucking studio <laughs> on air like and you've got kind of like big people who you really look up to, like Simon and, and Sam and, and and like Danny sort of sat there going, uh, what's going on? Uh, and oh like just, and, and I had like, we had about 15 people from Defected out in the live lounge all watching as well while I was just pulling my hair out trying to get the show on air. <laughs> so it doesn't always go to plan. Yeah. Did it work <laughs> out in the end? Yeah, we got on air in the end. But it was like, it was awful for like those moments like in broadcasting when you fall off air like I mean I think like I think the example in in, at Mambo we had like about 30 seconds of the show left and if anything it was just comical but with when you're at the start of the show and you can't get the show on air because there's a technical problem something's gone wrong in the system you just it's just gut-wrenching it really is yeah 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 that was probably one of my worst. <laughs> oh, God, I bet you couldn't wait to get home and have a drink that night. <laughs> mm, yeah, yeah. Some, sometimes you just, like, when everything finishes, you just, like, have to go and have a little cry and go, <laughs> oh, God, oh. it'll be fine tomorrow, yeah. Technology, yeah. eh? Yeah, it's great when it works. Exactly. <laughs> and it doesn't. Even a couple of weeks ago, I was in a podcast with someone, and luckily it was someone who I knew quite well, but literally halfway through, my computer just shut down, and then I came and then I managed oh. to come back again. And then 10 minutes back in, then it happened again. And I was oh, like, no. oh, no. It's just so no. annoying, isn't it? It's yeah. So and now every time I start, it makes me get really nervous thinking, like, please like nothing happened making sure that everything's fine everything's updated i've got enough storage on my computer yeah 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 back up everything it's 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 killer isn't it yeah absolutely so will you be up to a real quick round of fire questions yes let's do it yeah all right okay what was the last thing that you drank and the last thing that you ate uh a cheese straw and this flat coca-cola out the fridge because i needed some sugar before coming and doing this podcast (laughs) (laughs) the funniest dj you've ever had on a radio show that you've produced oh without a doubt fisher um (laughs) yeah i know it's i mean yeah we all know how bonkers he is um but when we we did a co-host with him and we were, we got we were allowed the bosses let us put out a little bit of swearing in there, which was which was nice of them. So yeah, we we put put some fruity language out late night on Radio One with Fisher just like being <laughs> being his obnoxious <laughs> self. And he he went and he named a track after Danny's man boobs, uh, which poor Danny <laughs> then like, which was really funny at the time, and like Danny found funny, but I think it then kind of started. Started like getting to him, and Danny then really hit, hit the gym really hard afterwards. Oh, <laughs> so, oh, yeah. that's too funny. Something that you have too many of records. Oh, you'd say that as well. Yeah. Proudest moment in your career. Ooh. Um. I think probably something to do with, you know, I guess kind of like launching the shows that I'm, I'm on at the moment being able to kind of like yeah win, win the commissions and launch launch the shows that I'm I'm working on at the moment yeah favorite day of the week and why saturday um <laughs> because I can have a drink <laughs> That's a really lame answer. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's probably my, would be my answer as well. So it's part, party day Saturday. Yeah. Party day. 
Yeah. What was your favorite thing to watch as a kid and still love now if there is one? Oh, I can't remember that far back. What was my favorite thing to watch as a kid? Um, like, or a, doesn't doesn't even have to be a series, like a film, a cartoon. I'm going to go for something really weird. Uh, really used to love Time Team back in the day, the archaeology program. Massive curveball. Tony Robinson running around <laughs> digging stuff up. Um, yeah, I used to love that as a kid because I am a massive loser. <laughs> <laughs> if you weren't, if you weren't in music, what would you be doing? Oh, um, IT. So I, my degree was in. Um, uh, internet technology, um, which I didn't particularly enjoy, but I needed something that was going to have a stable income at the end of it. <laughs> Luckily, I found a job in radio. <laughs> <laughs> Your favourite takeaway? It's got to be Rooster's Peri Peri Chicken from down on Streatham High Road. Yeah. All right. You can invite three people over for dinner, dead or alive. Who would they be? Oh, oh I don't know. I need to give that a bit, of a bit of thought. Just some mates, really. That'd be fine. Yeah, be happy well, with that. And what would you cook? <laughs> what would you cook for him? Um, I probably wouldn't do much of a good job. That I'd probably get a takeaway. Um, Very chicken. Unless Claire's helping me, in which case she's an amazing cook. So she, she <laughs> like, she's literally keeping me alive at the moment. <laughs> oh, pleasure. And finally. Because this podcast is called Can You Put Me On My Guest List, do you have a guest list rule? Obviously not now, but when things are open. Um, do I have a guest list rule? Yeah. If if they're, if they're polite and they're nice, then it's all good. Yeah, no dickheads. There you go. There you go. That's my rule. No dickheads. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Jay, this has been so much fun. I've really, really enjoyed chatting with you. So thank you so, so much for, for taking the time to, to record this with me. So I know you've got a lot on as well. And yeah, I'm a massive fan of all your work. And it's been oh, really great you. to listen to, to some of your stories and how, how, you, how your journey began and how you got to where you are now. So thank you so much. Thank you, Katie. Yeah, no, thank you very much for the invite. Like, yes, yeah, um, really appreciated just to... It's nice having a little chat, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is nice. Nice to chat about, you know, random things and favourite yeah. takeaways and all that, you know? It's made, made, me, made me sort of really had to kind of think about all of the stuff I've done over my career at Radio 1. It's, it's, Which has been uh, it, it sort of all of a sudden sort of catches up with you and you go, Christ, it's been how many years, is it? But, but yeah. it been nice yeah. to, to look back a little bit and... Go back to yes, yeah, it's been it's been good, yeah, yeah. I'm looking yeah. forward to being able to go out raving and stuff, and uh, seeing you at another Detlef gig, no doubt, yeah, with a bottle of tequila. <laughs> Absolutely, oh, that was fun. That was a nice surprise as well. <laughs> it was, yeah, no, that it was, was a great surprise. All right, well, I'll let you carry on with your evening. Thank you so so much, and uh, I'll hopefully see you soon. Thanks, Katie. Take care. Thank you. Bye.